Welcome to the Hit The Lights podcast. In this exclusive episode, we're going to be talking about an incredibly strange Bigfoot story that we briefly mentioned on our Bigfoot Encounters video over on YouTube. Now, as the name of this podcast suggests, and if you're able to do so, hit those lights, sit back, and enjoy. Over the centuries, North America has played host to some truly unsettling, bizarre, and otherworldly tales, some of which sound too strange to be true. Tales of ghosts, cryptids, and aliens are rife across the land, with the United States alone claiming sightings of some of the world's most well-known and iconic cryptids. The Mothman of Point Pleasant, the Wendigo, the Crawlers, the Flatwoods Monster, and of course, Bigfoot. The latter is the subject of today's podcast, where we'll be taking a deep dive into one of the most peculiar alleged sightings of the world-famous Ape Man. For this story, however, we'll need to travel north, beyond the realms of the USA's Pacific Northwest region, past even Canada. This story takes place in the remote tundra forests of Alaska, and spans across many years. The tale takes place in Portlock, Alaska, once a bustling hub filled with people and buildings. You wouldn't recognize the town today for what it once was. A single cabin, barely standing, on the outskirts of the cold pine forests of Alaska's southern coast, in an eerily silent clearing. Officially founded in 1921 by the United States Post Office on Alaska's Kenai Peninsula, Portlock was initially established as a cannery for local fishermen to catch and prepare salmon for sale. By 1940, 31 residents had called the town home, according to a census. This might not seem like much by today's standards, but life in Portlock was almost idyllic. A close-knit community, out in the fresh air of the wilds, must have been a pleasant break from 20th century city life in the USA. Fish were abundant in this relatively unexplored wilderness around the time people settled there, making this a land rife with opportunity and resources. Life was great in Portlock, for now. There are some inconsistencies with exactly when it happened, but it didn't take long for strange occurrences to set in. There are even reports of creepy happenings in the town before the United States Post Office opened the town. Reports claim that in 1905, the cannery workers prematurely left their jobs for the season due to something in the nearby woods that had been bothering them. Very little information persists as to what exactly was bothering them at the time, but all would become clear in future occurrences. The staff returned to work at the beginning of the next season, and production continued, but the strange sightings persisted. The true horror started in 1941. The area was rich in populations of doll sheep, which proved reliable and relatively easy to hunt food sources for the town. Bears were also hunted, which proved to be more of a challenge. In 1941, hunters from Portlock began to head into the woods, towards the mountains, only to fail to return from their trips. Sometimes the townspeople would find the bodies. One tale reports an instance where the body of a missing hunter turned up several days after his disappearance, on the rocks adjacent to the nearby lagoon. The body was remarkable in the sense that it bore wounds that were completely different to anything the townsfolk had seen before. They were familiar with bear attacks, and this was certainly not one. There were no obvious claw marks on the hunter. He had been mutilated and mangled beyond recognition, 
there were few signs that whatever had killed the man had preyed upon him, and the entire limbs had been rendered from his body, dismembered and scattered across the scene. Other bodies shortly followed. Another showed up around the same time. This time it was the body of a local woodcutter, Andrew Hamlock, who had been found in the forests, not too far from where he was working. He had been killed by a single blow to the head, and there were few signs of a struggle. Whatever or whoever had killed this man had either done it stealthily or extremely quickly with immense power. There were no signs that the woodcutter had been killed by a weapon. It seemed that sheer natural force had brought this man to his doom. Then the footprints were discovered. In an article with the Homer Tribune, a local Alaska newspaper covering the Portlock area, Melania Helen Cal, the area's oldest resident, told the story with conviction and confidence. Tales were told of villagers tracking moose over soft ground, she said. They would find giant, man-like tracks over 18 inches in length, closing upon those of the moose. The signs of a short struggle, where the grass had been matted down, then only the deep tracks of the man-like animal departing toward the high, fog-shrouded mountains. Melania is one of the many residents that eventually fled the town, settling instead in the nearby town of Nanwalloc. Tom Larson, a fisherman, was the first to see the alleged creature. Reportedly, a huge, hairy monster was silently watching him from across the river as he fished, making out the outline of the creature through the trees. A terrified Tom ran home to fetch his rifle, aiming to put a stop to the strange occurrences, but when he returned to search the area, there was no sign of such a creature. The forest carried on, with the songs of birds and the gentle flowing of the creek. By this point, the townspeople were deeply unsettled, understandably. The notion that any one of them could meet a grisly fate at the hands of some unknown monster was bone-chilling, and people started to leave Portlock behind to start new lives in an area where death was perhaps a little further away. By 1950, less than 10 years later, Portlock had been completely abandoned by the townspeople, who could take no more. Another chilling sighting was reported to the Homer Tribune in the same article, this time in an interview with an anonymous witness to the Portlock chaos. This sighting allegedly took place in the 70s, when the town was completely abandoned and the witness and a friend were exploring the area. We beached our skiff and let the tide run her dry. After a dinner of salmon, we turned into our tent. Back in those days, the best tent I had was a dark green canvas job with a center pole and no windows or floor. We left the fire burning and cleaned the pots and pans as not to attract bears during the night and turned in, he reported. The two men were then awoken several hours later to the sounds of footsteps outside their tent. In August, there is still some light in the sky until about 10 or 11. I recall that we all were embarrassed about being afraid about the coming night. We had a flashlight and the rifle in the tent between us, locked and loaded. I finally dozed off, but woke right up when Dennis squeezed my leg. The illuminated hands of my watch showed it was 2.30, Joe was already sitting up and had the rifle in hand. I heard the first step, not more than about ten feet from the back of the tent. Slowly, then another, and another. Whatever this was, it sounded like it was walking on two feet. It made the same semicircle around the tent. 
When we finally got enough courage to crawl out of the tent and turn the flashlight on, we saw nothing. No tracks. Nothing. The third night we decided if it bothered us again, we would come out the tent shooting. We were actually scared. It never came back the third night, and the following day we had a break in the weather and got the heck out of there. Legends of a Bigfoot-like creature in the Portlock area are not new, nor were they when the town was initially settled. Sugston culture, prominent across the region, denotes a creature known as the Nantanak. Described as a large, hairy, ape-like humanoid, this creature is said to roam the wastes and wilds of Alaska's southern coast, and stories on what it actually is are diverse. Some say that the Nantanak is an undiscovered species of ape, whereas more traditional legends depict the creature as a man that has been transformed into a half-man, half-ape hybrid, wandering the wilderness in search of prey. What cryptid enthusiasts do seem to settle on, however, is that it was the Nantanak that was harassing the people of Portlock in the mid-1900s, perhaps forcing them out of its territory or protecting its forest. Perhaps another explanation might be that a prolific serial killer was on the loose in the region, terrorizing the town and claiming as many victims as they could, striking when people were alone and vulnerable in the cold Alaskan forests. Evidence is severely lacking, but perhaps one day time will tell. What's strange about the Portlock story is that it doesn't appear to be just the Nantanak that was kicking up terror in the townspeople in the 1930s and 40s. Melania Helen Cal, in that same article with the Homer Tribune, denotes another eerie entity that was present across the Portlock region, specifically on the cliffs close to the lagoon where the first body showed up. A particular section of cliff was known to harbour what the townsfolk described as a spirit, taking on the form of a ghostly woman draped in a long black dress. Her pale face would glare down onto the townspeople from a ledge on the side of the cliff, at an area that was completely inaccessible to those without any equipment. Those who hung around to watch the woman for long enough say that when she had had enough, she would simply turn and disappear into the face of the cliff. It's hard to put an explanation to stories like this. Perhaps somebody did indeed find their way up to the tall cliffs without equipment, but the disappearing element of the tale really brings some eerie difficulty to the table. Who can say for certain what it was that was haunting the cliffs back then? Was it someone playing a prank? the result of terror-induced hallucinations, was it a female Nantanak, the serial killer that had potentially been terrorizing the region? We may never know, but it must have been exceedingly frightening for those unlucky enough to witness it. When the town was abandoned in 1950, the townspeople took everything with them. Houses, for one reason or another, were torn down or ruined by either natural occurrences or by the creatures that were terrorizing the town. Many people moved on to settle in the nearby town of Nanwalak, where no sinister events similar to those in the Portlock tale have been reported. What remains of the once bustling town of Portlock today is a single cabin, a small wooden shack with a red painted roof. It stands lonely and dilapidated against the dramatic backdrop of the pine forests in the foreground and the eerie cliffs where the spirit was sighted in the background. The lagoon where the body of the decapitated hunter showed up is a stone's throw from the cabin and can even be seen on some of the photos. We'd recommend searching those photos up to see the final remnants of a town where so many horrific things took place is unsettling to say the least. Dozens of people headed towards those woods only to never return. 
Perhaps the Nantanak was even on the prowl when those photos were taken. But either way, the tale of Portlock serves as one of those fascinating tales where it would be amazing to know the real truth. Just what went on in those remote Alaskan forests in the mid-20th century, the truth sadly died with many of Portlock's unfortunate deceased residents, but maybe one day we will know the answer. What do you think happened? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hit the Lights podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in another episode.